0: You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rebeau on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louis.
1: 3.30 in the morning, not a soul in sight. <laughs> you know what that song is, Louis? And the thunder rolls.
0: Oh, well, great. That's, that's great.
1: Well, you don't... Thumbs doesn't give us any lyrics. Yeah,
0: this is your home all for all things, uh, all, she, she, all things uh, you know, instrumental.
2: I mean, yeah, like, I go. also hate having the lyrics under the liner, so...
1: Oh. Yeah. So I shouldn't sing... I think
2: sing, it sounds cleaner.
1: So I shouldn't sing them when we come back?
2: You can. <laughs> but, like, I just don't like having the lyrics underneath the liner on ah. top of, like... I got you You
1: guys. I got you. Okay. Hey, a reminder that this hour of Issel and Louie is brought to you by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Whether you're looking for dental coverage for your employees or an individual or family policy, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, a comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is easy. You can call them at 1-800-955-2030, or you can visit them online at ky.deltadental.com All right, Dan, where are we going? Um, I, I, I've got, I, I want to I just mention one thing. And I don't understand. Uh, all of a sudden, Josh Allen and Zach Prescott lost games. and And now all of a sudden they stink.
0: Oh yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Right,
1: yeah yeah. Josh Allen isn't on the same level as Mahomes and Burroughs. and did you see what the, <laughs> did you see the tweet the Dallas Cowboys put out? Yeah? about Zach Prescott? Yeah. They basically said and I don't have it in front of me no, they didn't, basically They said that Prescott lost the game for him. They were in a game with the 49ers that they had a really chance, a good chance to win. They were playing well, and Prescott threw two interceptions. That's basically what the tweet says. What what good, what good could possibly come out of the Dallas Cowboys doing that? <laughs>
0: uh, we get to talk about it, and it's funny.
1: I think it's pitiful.
0: You've got I mean th- th- another tweet from them by the way. The 49ers had more weapons than the Cowboys going into the game and with the loss of Tony Pollard, definitely had way more ammunition in the second half. For fans and players alike, the loss of the 49ers hurt after the Cowboys played their hearts out but just didn't play well enough. When They're the Cowboys not, needed yeah. one of their playmakers the most, Tony Pollard's crushing injury served as a catalyst to eventual spiral against the 49ers. Mike McCarthy took to the podium, uh, but instead ended up uh, uh, following the loss of the 49ers to give uh, his take on a season that had the opportunity to be special, but instead ended up being anything but. What are they doing? No, I, I don't get it. And and here's, here's the tweet you were mentioning. Dak Prescott gave the ball away twice in the narrow loss of the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds.
1: Wow. This is a guy, Louis. This is a guy they have under contract, and I'm not a big Prescott fan. Sure. I mean, you know, I think his game against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, was the outlier. I think if you go back, and I think he had like 15 interceptions over the last 11 games or something like that. I, I've, I'm not a big fan of his, but uh, you know, you signed him. You gave you gave the guy his money. He's going to be your quarterback. You can't. I, I just don't get it. You can't. You can't say. You know that that's like that's like Oscar having a bad game, and and UK tweeting out. You know we 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 would have won that game if our if our college player of the year didn't stink yeah. i mean I, I, there is no I, I don't know of one positive thing that could come out of it i know one thing that it did it made zach prescott sorry he ever signed with dallas i know it did that mm. i don't i don't get it i just don't get it
0: yeah uh, not not <laughs> you also wonder who's who's running the twitter page because they haven't taken the tweets down like they're there if you had to guess how many people have seen that tweet, Dan, how many people
1: would you guess? Oh, something stupid like five hundred thousand.
0: Fifteen point four million people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know they're, they're never going to be they're never going to be a championship contender uh, until uh, Jerry Jones fires the general manager. And get somebody in there that knows something about football.
0: You know what? I think I figured out who runs this Twitter account, actually. Who? Donald Trump. (laughs) It was a tight game. Uh, We would have done a lot better if our quarterback didn't give the ball away. But he did. He made mistakes again. We've seen this before. He's the best at giving up the ball. You know, something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. You're right. (laughs) You're right about Trump. You're right about Trump. Gas is $4 a gallon. Eggs are, <laughs> on, eggs, no, eggs are, six, eggs are six. Eggs are $6 a, a dozen. We got wars all over the place, but at least we don't have to listen to those nasty tweets anymore.
0: I tried to make a Twitter joke, man. <laughs> you went to the price of eggs.
1: Did you get a, Did you get a good night's sleep last night? Um... You're a little edgy this morning.
0: I did get a good night of sleep.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right.
0: No, I just right. tried to make a... I, I think we're at the point, like, like he's been out of office long enough that we can just, like, admit
1: that, like, some of the stuff is just funny, Right. Uh- it's funny okay it was funny okay I I took offense I apologize <laughs> I'm like I'm like Shannon I'm like Shannon sharp Louie I I apologize I, I apologize <laughs> uh,
0: so I mean uh. you know following up on, a Thank you. okay I see you text line I promise um the uh <laughs> so I I think so I shared an article on here about the the college basketball. Who's going to get fired next? And of course, the pictures of a very sad um, Patrick Ewing.
1: Right. I don't. They won't. They won't fire him. Although oh, they'll, they'll
0: figure out a settlement there.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll be like Bray up at Notre Dame. You know, you've given so much to this program, and uh, you know we love the success you've had, and you've been a part of Notre Dame basketball for a long time. So instead of firing you, we're going to let you retire. It'll it'll be something I like I agree. It. It'll it'll be something like that for Patrick.
0: The reason I shared this is, did you notice whose name is not in this article?
1: Kenny Payne. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, around Kenny, the country. Payne's, Kenny Payne's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely the reality. And so, um, you know, it's a you know get as mad as you want kind of situation. But I think <laughs> the more real questions are. And who was the coach that I mentioned the other day um, uh, for Louisville basketball um, who went 10 and 59 or whatever it was?
1: <laughs> I don't remember.
0: Hang on. College basketball history. Let me see if I can find him. There it is 109 seasons. Vanderbilt's been playing basketball for twenty-one seasons longer than Louisville. That's pretty wild. Um, all right, so what was his name? Lawrence Apitz.
1: How about that? So old Larry oh, Apitz. Uh, Larry, Larry didn't get the job done. Went
0: ten and fifty-two at Louisville. Is there any chance that Kenny Payne has a worse starting sixty-two games?
2: Mmm. <laughs>
1: sixty-two. So that would be that would be in today's time. That would be two seasons. Yes, this was four, close four to years it. for
0: old Larry Apitzio. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I say maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It it depends. I mean, he's going to get he's going to get maybe two or three of those ten this year. So it depends on how how they remake the roster next year. I guess. Uh, but if he goes, if he goes ten and sixty two, he won't be here for the third year. I guarantee you that.
0: What if he wins eight games next year and they're like, this "Obvious, he quadrupled his win total." You have to keep him. Quadruple, guys. Like they just do math. And like
1: and, no objective yeah. sense of anything else. they yeah, like, no. they're eight and 20. <laughs> no, quadruple. No. If, he's, if he's not, uh, I, and, and you know, I don't know the relationship. Maybe he could go two and 17 next year and still have a job. But um, under normal circumstances, you know, if he isn't competitive in the ACC next year, then I I'd, I'd say he's probably out. And, and Surprisingly, by the way, he
0: never had another job after that. Weird.
1: Well, he's probably making he's pro, he was probably teaching at U L, And they said, hey, Larry, coach our basketball team will give you an extra grand. That's <laughs> that's probably how Larry came about.
0: Well, he still holds the record for most losses in a season as a head coach here. So, And they only played 19 games.
1: <laughs> and how many was that? Eighteen. So we're Ooh. we're looking at a new Ooh. record this year for sure. Oh yes, we are. The next game will set the
0: um, the school record for losses in a season. So if, oh. If, oh wait. Uh, they also lost eighteen games. Denny Crum went nineteen and eighteen, and then oh he went twelve and twenty. Never mind. He went twelve and twenty in the NCUSA. I think they're just going on percentage on this website. I'm sorry.
1: I got you. So so, Den, so Denny Crum lost twenty games. Yeah. I'm trying to.
0: I think I can sort. Oh, I can by most losses in a season, hang on there we go, so um, it looks like yeah, the worst was 20 losses 12 and 20 in 1998 um, and yeah, that was Denny Crum's either we're getting to the end there and then they went 13 and 19 of course last year or so, um, got close to that number
1: but. yeah well, they'll, they'll set, I don't know how high it'll be, but they'll set a new <laughs> mark this year that is for sure. It won't
0: even be close. I mean, it'll no. be easily the worst team outside of that one and eighteen team that uh, won five percent of its games with Larry Apitz in a thirty nine forty.
1: So, uh, do we? Um, can we get into this 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 item on the on the show sheet? Absolutely shocked me. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Shocked me. Um. And that is. Oh. The state of California getting in to college athletics.
0: So, uh, uh, someone, yeah, twelve and twenty. Someone on the text line, yes. I'm sorry, I apologize. I've totally forgot about that season. I thought he had lost less games than that. I don't know why, but um, it was yeah, it was based on percentage. Avery, if you um wanted to look up a dictionary definition of sarcasm, Dan just did it. You have to talk.
2: Yeah, I, I, I know. I'm just like far away and just thinking.
0: What are you working on on your iPad right now?
2: Notes for the show for when I go and podcast later.
0: Do you believe her, Dan? No.
1: Okay.
2: I have it right here. You can look.
1: No, we lost. We lost thumbs a long time ago. She actually did. It actually
0: See, looks like she's paying attention. Yeah.
2: I have lots of notes.
1: We had five sound bites on the show sheet, five, not twenty-five. Five, and she screwed that up.
2: Sometimes we have twenty-five, and those go great.
0: These dill days, man. On Tuesday, she gets the raisin it, cane. She gets her coffee. She's got she's got True Crime Tuesday. I mean, yeah, that's all. she gets a little a little heady over there.
2: You see, today, well, this week, I'm only like partially here, but I'm like ninety percent here at least. I don't know what my brain is doing this week.
1: Well, we we can say <laughs> we <believe> Louis. <laughs> we'll be able to say we knew her when, <laughs> as she moves up the ladder at ESPN Louisville. It was a nice one. Anyway, Go anyway, ahead. why why does the government oh, things that are going you know reasonably well? I mean, everything has. You know, NCAA NCAA sports are going well, some everything has some warts on it. Okay, but why does government always think they have to get involved in stuff like this? And for people that haven't seen this, a California lawmaker introduced a bill Thursday that would reshape how college athletic departments in the state are required to share their earnings with athletes. I mean, this this law, if this becomes law, Louie, colleges will be getting out of the athletic business. They have to. Mm. They have to because it, it's just it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I will and tell you so- why.
0: I will tell you why they get involved. Did you notice how many jobs they're creating in the government? Twenty-one. They're making a twenty-one member state-run panel that regulates the ways in which schools. Uh, yeah. And, and by the way, Dan Mur- Dan Murphy wrote this this piece. You can tell if people agree or disagree with the premise based on the, the the verbiage they use. He refers to it as pouring resources, which means he thinks it's wasteful and that they should do this. Hmm. And so it's you know careful with the article because obviously he's in favor of it. you're not going to get a, a fair slant on this one but um quote through the years college athletes concern college at college athlete concerns have been overlooked because they are not in professional leagues. If colleges are profiting on their players, then these students deserve equitable pathways for their careers, whether that is in the professional league or in california's workforce so um, a couple weeks ago we had Jonathan Wong on on the horse racing happy hour, and he's leaving California because of laws like this where I he mentioned workers comp three different times and then I had a, a write around from the LA Times and he's like yeah the, the workers comp laws are out of control in California. And so I I think this is just how they um you know when 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 you when you and I were growing up Dan and, I, and we actually have this in common. You know, workers, you know, the unions were were both powerful and effective, right? And so in Michigan for example, man, half my neighbors were you know, their dads were UAW or, you know, whatever else, right? IBEW, that sort of thing, and they and they had all that going. And we've seen a huge decline in the effectiveness in the in the, you know, union membership around this country. And I think California lawmakers think they need to step in to take care of that. So they mm-hmm. do things like, you know, they they force um, or I don't know if that ever got through, but you know, for example, Uber, you know, people can just sign up and use their car as a taxi. And you know, California made Uber take on all of those drivers as employees. Rather than as contractors. And it's one of the reasons that the supply chain got so messed up uh, with all of the shipping ports in California was because they changed the laws about who could drive trucks and, and truck drivers couldn't be independent contractors and under California law anymore. And it's all very well intentioned as far as, you know, protecting workers' rights and making sure they're compensated properly and all that sort of stuff. But it also changes the system in a way that if you don't adjust on January first or whenever these laws go into place, it can cause a real issue. And so um, I, it, this feels a bit like that, where I I I'm with you in that it, it feels like instead of concentrating on things that are rudimentary issues, homelessness, education, you know those sorts of things, they get into stuff like this because it's more high profile and they know there's going to be a uh, an article on ESPN.com. Yeah, and
1: wow. and
0: so it, it's it's sad to me that you know that that seems to be what this is about but i mean i think it's right there in, in paragraph number two 21 new jobs for their buddies i mean yeah. that, that's what politicians
1: yeah. Do. Yeah. well it's uh you, you know how i feel i'm from the government and i'm here to help baloney i mean it's just the, the less the less involvement we can have from the government i uh, i think the better and it seems like they just go out of their way to establish situations where they have—I mean, they—what do they know about running college athletics? Well, nothing. It's just like it's just like HISA and and what they're trying to do now in the horse racing. And believe me, I understand horse racing needs a lot of help with the medication rules and all of that stuff. But the government is not the answer, and the government is not the answer here either.
0: You know, the only interesting thing, too, is the article after this one is UConn athletics deficit climbed to fifty three million dollars in (laughs) twenty (laughs) twenty two. They're charging student fees of six and a half million dollars to cover some of it.
1: Yeah, well, they're they're, I mean, California, California used to be I, I don't know if it was when I was growing up, California was the Mecca. Oh, yeah. You know you thought California was a place to be. You know the, the the weather's great. There's there's many opportunities there. There there are people leaving California now by the by the busloads. I mean it, you look at you look at how the population is increasing in places that don't have state income tax. Uh, in places where they try to limit the government, and uh, you know the the three highest taxed states uh, in the, in the country are New York, Illinois, and California, and people are fl- are fleeing from those places. California is not not the mecca anymore, for sure.
0: It is a raising canes Tuesday here, and we ask, what makes raising canes so craveable? Maybe it's the marinated, hand-battered chicken fingers that are always prepared fresh and cooked to order, or maybe it's that addictive, tangy cane sauce, voted the number one most craveable sauce in the U.S. two years in a row and counting. No matter why you crave canes, it's always freshly made and constantly craved. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. True Crime Tuesday, next. Welcome back to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louis. All right, welcome back to your home for all things instrumental. It is Issel and Louis taking you up until noon here on 680, 105.7, second hour of the show. Brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental, Delta KY.com. Check out all of the good tabs there.
1: Louis, can I just interrupt you for a second? Please. That read for raisin canes was special. I'm doing it every week now. I'm doing it. Every thumb, week. Thumb, thumbs uh, tag that or flag that for Louis's uh, resume tape. That yep. was that was special.
0: It might be and his chicken fingers that are always prepared fresh and cooked to order.
1: My that Dan. Mike and that. and as Thumb said yesterday, uh, those uh, those chicken fingers disappear almost as fast as Bear Nose Pizza. Almost, almost <laughs> as fast.
0: Isn't that what you said, Avery? Delta Dental KY. All right. Uh, but we uh, we are uh, second week with a, with a new uh, new partner on the show here, Red Hot Roasters, corner of Lexington and Payne. Of course, if you are out there, by the way, I joked about the Boat and RV show, but if you are out there, all the coffee at the uh, fairgrounds will be supplied by our friends and Sandra and the team over there at uh, Red Hot Roasters. A really, really good cup of coffee at a convention. Who knew? Uh, but make sure you check them out, redhotroasters.com. They are also available in Kroger stores, usually in that Kentucky Proud section. Um, they actually sell the cans. How about this, Dan? Still coffee cans. How about that? Wow! Instead of the bag, she puts them in the coffee cans, keeps them really fresh. Coffee's really, really good. Red Hot Roasters, and it is time for True Crime Tuesday. Turn the music on.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I've been wanting to do this case for a while now. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the case of Daniel LaPlante. LaPlante. However, you want to say it,
0: La Plante. I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, whatever.
0: <laughs> Do you know La Plante is uh, French for the plant?
1: Damn. Wow. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Your boy You're over taking here. me a couple of guesses to get that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you ever see the uh, the? I'm going to talk. It's okay. Don't worry. Okay.
0: Um, the uh, the Chris Farley. Did you watch him at all when he was on Saturday Night Live, Dan? Did you yes. find him funny? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Have you ever seen him uh, talk about? Uh, that's not.
1: That's not the pillow.
0: <laughs> Have you seen him do the El Nino? Yes. Okay. Yes. El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. Oh, man. That's classic. All right, let's go. Let's go.
2: Okay. So, Daniel, yeah. he was a 17-year-old murderer, oh, yeah. and he was also a burglar. Um. So, this, like, the main one um, where he actually c- murdered people happened on December 1st, 1987, in Townsend, Massachusetts. Hmm. Because of course,
1: Massachusetts, right?
2: oh, and it gets it gets better. So he didn't <laughs> have the best time growing up, like abuse.
1: Most people would have said worse, but go ahead. <laughs> you said
2: this was a beautiful one this week, so
1: it was. It is. <laughs> it's it's back. It's back to real, real haunting. Murder. We're not dealing with wine or art here. Somebody gets whacked.
2: <laughs> okay. So, like, and over the next couple of years, he starts just going into the woods, and his neighbor sees this, and he's always alone. Like, he'd spend hours in there. Kind of weird. All of his classmates, the faculty at um, St. Bernard's High School, they they always said he was a loner. Mm. Not very friendly. Y'all, he looks like a psychopath. <laughs> I should have put a picture, but, like, he looks like a psychopath. I'll, I'll, I'll get one. Keep going. Um, and so, in 1986, he became obsessed with 15-year-old Tina Bowen. He's, like, 16 at this point. Okay. Um, and so, it got so bad to where these mind games that he's playing with the people he's breaking in, like, of the houses he's breaking into, turns into actual terror. Um... And so they end up breaking up after, like, one date or so. But Daniel is obsessed with this girl. Mm. Um, so in the fall, he managed to gain access to her house. Um, so he, like, through this tiny little crawl space. And he was <laughs> literally living in the walls of her house. Like, I don't... Yeah, this, this hole's, like, six inches. Like, he had to make this hole bigger for a normal human being to, like, fit into it. Um, so he, while he's hiding in the walls and everything, he's able to watch Tina and her younger sister mess around with a Ouija boy tr- board trying to contact their mom, who had recently passed away, um, try and see if they can contact her at least. Um, and so he gets this brilliant idea. Let's play Ghost. <laughs> So he starts changing the TV channels, emptying bottles of alcohol. Mm. He did not consume them. That's like the one smart thing he did. He did not consume the alcohol. He just emptied them. Okay. Um, and then he would scrawl disturbing messages on the walls and the pictures like, Marry me. Um, I'm, I'm in your room. The Come Tuesday moron is coming here. up
0: really soon. Keep going.
2: Oh, yeah like there was a knife found pinning a family photo to the wall and Tina's father Frank
0: moron
2: yes we Frank you listen to your daughters
0: moron
2: uh, like he thought like his daughters were just messing with each other and I mean I get it like sure. siblings mess with each other uh, but like parents listen to your kids when they think something's wrong I've had my own moments like this. I'll say that. Uh-huh. What? Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. You've had a knife sticking a picture <laughs> no, into the wall no, of your house by someone who was in living in the walls?
2: No, nothing as severe as this. But I did go to my mom about a few things growing up. And she said, oh, no, you're fine. Like, I noticed my knees did not look normal. And I bring that to her attention, and she's like, Oh, you're fine. And then a few years later, I have a complete knee reconstruction done on one of them.
0: Text her agreeing with you that they prefer their murderers to be sober as well. Keep going.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, like, a few years later, I say it's extra hot in the house. And she's like, Oh, no, it's fine. The AC will kick on. And then an hour later, it's even hotter. And I'm like, The AC does not work.
0: Avery, Avery. Eyes on the price. Eyes on the Yes. Eyes on the price.
2: Yeah. So. Then he, December 8th, he gets arrested, um, because, no, December 8th, that's when Frank had changed his mind and everything. Mm. Um, because the the girls found that like, came home, they found out their bathroom was being used and everything. <laughs> so, Frank goes and he searches the house, yeah. and then he finds Daniel hidden in a wardrobe with his face painted. He's wearing a Native American style jacket. He has a ninja mask on. And he's holding a hatchet. Like this is so creepy and everything.
1: How is he not how is he not institutionalized right there and then? well he
2: I don't know, his psychiatrist thought he didn't need to be institutionalized.
1: Ooh. But his psychiatrist hey,
2: the psychiatrist, psychiatrist doesn't keep
1: charging
0: hourly if that kid's institutionalized. Oh yeah. It's yeah. about money, come on. There you go.
2: Yeah, like his psychiatrist wasn't very good. He was it, part it, of the it's abuse. kind
1: of a ripoff. They charge you for an hour, but you're only in there for 50 minutes.
0: How would you know that now?
1: <laughs> I watched Two and a Half Men. Got it.
2: <laughs> okay. So then, Frank and his daughters, they move out of the house, rightfully so. I mean, like, there's this creepy dude, like, in their house with a hatchet. Um, So, did. Uh, Supposedly, Frank goes back like two days later and he sees Daniel in the window of their house. So, like, he's still there. So, he calls the cops and they find Daniel hidden inside of the walls. (laughs) Like, in that little crawl space that he, he found. And he had been living there for weeks. Basically, from the time he managed to gain entry. Okay. Like, Daniel, did your mom ever report you missing? Did she?
0: I don't think she wanted him around.
2: Well, if she didn't report him missing, apparently not. Yeah. So he gets arrested. And 10 months later, in October of 87, his mom decides, okay, I'm going to go remortgage my house. <laughs> and I'm going to post his $10,000 bail. Like, woman, you you didn't even care to report your kid missing, most likely. When he's gone for weeks and living in his ex-girlfriend's house even though they only went on like one date don't you think that's a little concerning you should probably keep him locked up um and so he moves home as he's awaiting for the his trial to come up and then he continues his daytime burglary like you could have given him (laughs) restrictions This police department could have given him restrictions and the judge and everything. Put him on house arrest. Allow him at school and allow him at home. Everyone involved with his whole release on bail, you you need to be shamed. Like, y'all need to get your head straight.
0: Texter admitting that they could never be a stalker because they're too fat. Keep going.
2: Good to know. Good to know, Texter. (laughs) So October 14th, 1987, this is where he starts. Oh, yeah planning his big murder. Um, so he steals two .22 caliber firearms from one of his neighbors. Of course. And then November 16th, 1987, he gets into the Gustafsson fam- family home. Um, and, like, he doesn't really take anything. He just, like, gets in and leaves. Tries to n- map out the place. And then December 1st, he goes... Through the woods that separates both his house and the Gustafsons. I cannot say that word. Gustafson. Uh, yes. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, Son he... of Gustaf. <laughs> yeah. um, so he cuts through the woods that separates their two houses. And he has one of the twenty-two calibers. I believe it's one that he had stolen. Um, and so he breaks into the house again. And then the wife, Priscilla... She and her son, William, come home. And he does not expect Priscilla and William to come home. Like, he could have just been smart, escaped through the window like he thought about doing. Or
0: not go to their house at all and not steal a couple of guns and not stalk this family. Yeah, right. Those
2: were also very great ideas. Options on the table, sure. Um, But no, he decides that he's going to confront Priscilla. (laughs) Daniel, (laughs) if anyone that's not the cops should be confronting anyone in this situation. It's Priscilla confronting you. Like, you broke into her house.
0: All right, so uh, earmuffs if your kids are in the car. Go ahead.
2: Um, so Priscilla... So Daniel leads Priscilla and William into one of the bedrooms. And he locks William in a closet. And then he... He kills Priscilla right there. Yep. Um, after tying her to the bed. Um, and so then he takes William... And he drowns him in a bathroom. He uses a t-shirt, which we get into later. And then her little daughter, Abigail, comes home. And he's still there. He does the same thing to Abigail, but he leads her to a different bathroom. Like, what are you doing?
0: Okay, so he's killed three of the family members now. What does he do as soon as that's done?
2: So he leaves. And he goes to his niece's birthday party like nothing ever happened. Like Daniel, what is wrong with you? A lot. I know what's wrong with
0: yeah, you. Yeah, a lot. Yeah.
2: Right. But like, Daniel, come on. Um, so Andrew, the husband, he he can't reach Priscilla at all. So Because she's he, dead. Yeah. Right.
0: It's hard to reach dead people. Keep going.
2: Yeah, it's a little difficult. Yep. So he tries calling all afternoon, no response. Kinda weird. Um, and then he gets home to an eerily quiet house and he's like, Okay, something's definitely not right. So he goes in, takes a look around. He finds Priscilla, and he automatically runs out of the house. Good for you, Andrew. You're trying not to contaminate things. Good for you. Um, So he calls the cops, and he's like, hey, my wife's dead. I'm not even going to go look for my children because I have a feeling they are too, and I don't want to see that. I don't blame you. Um, And so the cops get there, and they start looking around. They have ideas on who this could potentially be. Yep. Daniel. Um, And then they end up finding this wet shirt basically in their backyard near the wood line and everything. And it's still wet. You can tell it's from the drowning. So they get their dogs. Love the dogs. Good job, doggos. They basically lead the cops straight, like, basically up to Daniel's front door. They're within four feet of this house. So strong chance he has something to do with this. Um, however because there wasn't any actual DNA evidence th- like they couldn't keep him even though they were asking him questions the next day so unfortunately they did have to let him go um, but then right after they let him go he decides to flee mm. like Daniel that's that's not how you make yourself not look suspicious
0: they find him in a dumpster
2: yes so they find him in a dumpster after he burglarizes
0: him. a bunch of places
2: yes he continues <laughs> doing all of this. And so, well, he had to get a present for his niece. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. He had to look normal. Yeah. Um, so October 1988, um, he finally goes on trial for their murders. And a jury found him guilty in Shocker. all three of them. I know, Shocker. we finally have a competent jury. Yeah. Good for you. We love you. It's so
0: true, actually.
2: Um, and <laughs> he was rightfully convicted on three life sentences. Mm. In 2017... He has the audacity to go to the judge and be like, hey, can I get a shorter sentence? But this judge, they know what they're doing. They're like, hey, you're not remorseful. Like, you don't care that you killed these people and ruined this man's life. Uh, So he's still serving all three sentences. So he
0: didn't even kill the girl that he was obsessed with, did he?
2: No. (laughs) But he probably had plans because he was there with a hatchet. It's like, so he's not even going to be up for parole in 45 years. So he's going to spend the rest of his life there. Are you dating this guy? No.
0: (laughs) Okay, just ask.
2: I am not that psychotic. Okay, well, all
0: right. (laughs) Uh, Texture asking: Is this story darker than U basketball season? I think that's. A, <laughs> I think that's a reasonable question.
1: I would I would say no because <laughs> at this point nobody at U has died.
0: Not yet. Um, no. it's, uh, <laughs> oh man. So all right, uh, Red Hot Roasters for some reason hanging out with us on Tuesdays. Corner of Lexington and Payne, my favorite drive through. I, I have to say, Dan, um, I, it, it is sacrilege, but I enjoy iced coffee. And they do iced coffee as well as anyone in the city. So uh, really, yes, yes. Uh, across from Breslin Park, there, uh, just down the street from the Paint uh, Paint Street uh, Bakehouse, all that uh, good stuff over there. Go check them out, Red Hot Roasters, and uh, of course, out at the out at all the Kroger locations and at the fairgrounds. So there you go. Um, I uh, thank you, Avery. Um, terrifying. Good noise. job,
1: thumbs.
2: Thanks. <laughs> good job. I don't know what thumbs. just happened to me.
1: Oh, <laughs> so this is how old I am, Dan. Now, did you tell Red Hot Roasters that this segment was going to be 25 minutes long? (laughs) I think what we should do from now on, on Tuesdays, I think we ought to start with the true crime story. And then you and I can fall in like an hour and a half later.
0: (laughs) I don't know why Dad's always looking to do less work. It's very strange. Um uh, reminder, some uh, programming here Louisville Back in action tomorrow night, Boston College On the road, we are your home uh, On 93.9 for the, uh, all things Cards, for better or for worse It's like a bad marriage 7th uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding 7.30, network pregame, 9 o'clock play-by-play Paul Rogers, Paul, uh, Bob Valvano Bob's getting to spend an extra day in Boston How come? How about that, because he's traveling from there uh, Straight to uh, a road game that he has to cover For ESPN Radio, so he's going to like Do a culture day in Boston I'm a little jealous I won't lie. Well, hmm. Jones. I like both. Did
1: I, did I hear that he was in Lawrence for the Kansas TCU game? He was. He called it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: He did. S- How about
1: Kansas?
0: Well, that's on the show sheet, too, yeah.
1: I, I talked to a good friend. I have good, I have a good friend that lives in yes, Lawrence. Right. Rog, Roger Morningstar. He actually played at Kansas. That's a made, at, up, that's a made up name. No, no. Roger Morningstar. <laughs> Check it out. His son. His son also played at Kansas a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, and is now the video coordinator. But uh, Roger, I got to know Roger. He was uh, he was the Converse rep. Converse shoe rep. Uh, when I was in, uh, when I was with the Nuggets and I wore Converse and have, have remained, uh, pretty good friends we were talking yesterday i was uh, i was planning my trip i'm going to uh, lawrence next month because yep. i've never been to the fog so i was planning my trip and uh, so i asked him and this was before they lost again last night to baylor and he had an interesting comment and it kind of ties in louis with um you know what we've talked about about the uh how how uh, how inconsistent college basketball is because it's it's coming, it's coming becoming more and more even. And he said he doesn't think that Kansas is really playing that poorly. He thinks the rest of the Big 12 is caught up with Kansas. Interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, like like Kansas State, I think Kansas had beaten Kansas State 15 out of the last 16 times they played. But that guy's got it rolling in Manhattan. Yep. And you know, a lot of people will tell you well, you know, that really wasn't a big upset. Kansas State beat them at home so I thought that was an interesting observation that that he he just didn't think he thought Kansas was still really good but they're not king of the hill and just rip through the big 12 like they have uh for the last number of years
0: well the big 12 is one of the last two national titles I mean you know it's it's a good basketball conference it's been a good basketball conference for a really really long time I want to go to someone on the text line Dan okay who has never texted this station hmm On the text line, UPS Jobs text line, 4379680. Ask Dan, how good was Connors and Casey, and could they shoot the ball? I will give you the floor. We have had this conversation, but I will give you the floor. I appreciate this person texting in for the very first time ever and finding our show. Thank you for hanging out on a Tuesday. Go ahead.
1: Well, I, Jimmy Dan Connor is that who they're talking yes. about? Yes. Yes. I didn't play with Jimmy Dan. Uh, I, I, I've, I've I've told this story before. Jimmy Dan was an unbelievable high school player. I'm not sure that that JD got any better after his high school year he was an outstanding player at kentucky i will tell you mike casey yeah. if he hadn't had his car accident it's the great and what if, missed... one
0: of the great what ifs of your life is not
1: exactly yeah. if he hadn't had his car accident missed his senior year with us and he came back the following year but wasn't because he was never very fast to start with but i i always compare case to Larry Bird. He just had that in eight cents. He knew where everybody else was on the court. He knew where the ball was going to come off the rim. Uh, he would be, if, if he had played his regular senior year, he'd be talked about as, as one of the best players that ever played at Kentucky. He was terrific. Our sophomore year, uh, Case was the leading scorer on the team. And so, um, yeah, I I would say that except for that accident, Case would be, I mean, his, his number would be in the rafters, no doubt about it.
0: Well, there you go. And again, thanks for texting in. You want to feel really old, Dan? Yeah. The leading scorer for New Mexico last night in their game against Nevada. Jamal
1: Mashburn Jr. Jr. Yep. Yep. Oh, he's, uh, uh. He's, fo- he's followed Richard. I, I talked to okay. Jamal about that uh, oh. a year ago. Okay. And, and he's followed Richard all over. He had a chance to go to some really big schools, LSU. Uh, I forgot what the other schools that Jamal told me. But, yeah, yeah, he had a chance to go to some big schools and chose to oh, follow uh, Richard. So good for him. Uh, I hear the music. Uh, That has been True Crime Tuesday on Issel and Louie, ESPN 680, 105.7. We'll do it all again tomorrow, and we'll talk baloney or salami. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it.